0: time to get back to basics reclaim your space and live a simple life as much as we possibly can my name is Louise Hopkins and I believe that we can simplify our lives by letting go of stuff why because we have too much emotion connected to stuff and it consumes our lives join me as I share ideas thoughts and steps on how to do this so you can get back to living in the moment and reconnecting with your loved ones everybody and welcome to episode ten of inspiring calm podcast i'm Louise Hopkin your host and we have an amazing episode for you today I have a special guest who I had the pleasure of being on her podcast as well not so long ago and we really align with our thoughts and how we think and it's going to be Really, really great. She has a ton of useful information that is going to help you uh, get organized. It's going to help you keep on top of the things in your life and also help you to not feel so much guilt by trying to do it all at once. Let me just tell you a little bit quickly about Kara. She is a wife, mom to a 13 year old stepson, four year old daughter, two year old son, and a woman of God. She works as a mom empowerment coach and her mission is to provide women with the tools, resources and community to reach their goals, empower themselves, find their happiness and live a life by design. She does this via her blog, podcast, virtual community groups and e-courses that help women to learn learn to balance their lives, finances, schedules, health and themselves. So the whole works. This is like something that she has been doing for quite some time now and is very, very passionate about. And Kara, welcome and thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. I know you have so much great information that we're going to share in this episode. I know I've kind of introduced you a little bit, but if you could go ahead and Tell us a bit about yourself and how you uh came about to to be where you are in your life right now. That would be great. You,
1: sure. Well, thank you so much
0: for having me, Anna. Yeah, I'm excited to get in chat today. It's been
1: a while. I feel like we've been talking, so it feels exciting to actually sit and do it. But my name is Kara Harvey, and I am the founder at a Purpose Driven Mom. I am a mom of three, so I have a three, a five, and a well, he'll be fourteen tomorrow. Say fourteen year old tomorrow. Um, And I've been married for about seven years now um, to my husband, who we actually met at school and in the sense of he was the assistant principal and I was a teacher. And so that is how we met. Um, And I was a school teacher for eight years until the burnout got real. Um, I loved it. I wanted to be a teacher since I was seven years old. It was all I've ever wanted to do. And I was good at it. And it brought me like so much joy. But with it came, you know, that thing where you pour your heart into something and then you lose yourself and all the other things. That's what started to happen. And so uh, right around year seven was kind of my breaking point. Uh, I was going to school like almost six or seven days a week. The school I taught at, the kids, they were there eight to five and then every other Saturday. So I was there 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. I went in on Saturdays for Saturday school. I went in on Sundays to make my copies. Like I lived there. And I remember the moment I was on the administration track. And so I was the principal of our summer school program. And the last day of summer school overlapped with the first day of regular school for teachers in August. And I sat in my car and I cried. And I went home and I said to my husband, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm so burnt out. Um, I've forgotten who I was. Like my anxiety was so bad. Uh, I was not taking care of my health. I wasn't sleeping and I thought there has to be something different. And he is a numbers guy. So he's like, great. Okay. This is what you need to make. Like we have to pay bills. Like, what do you want to do? Um, and at this point I had been toying around with network marketing. It was a total hobby for me. I found a product I liked. It worked for me. I made some extra income to pay for my product. And so I was finding this joy in helping people with something different. With teaching, like I knew I was helping, I knew I was making a difference, but this felt different to me. I was helping moms in a way that I didn't realize that I could, right? Because I never saw myself successful in a business. And I was like, what is this? And so I did the math and I found out what I had to make in order to replace the the income we needed. And I hate the word hustle, but I did it that first year. And I um, was able to leave teaching at the end of that was my eighth year teaching and went into network marketing full time. And at this point, I I hadn't replaced my teaching income, but I had made like that bare minimum we needed to pay the bills. And I just knew in my heart, like God being like, you can do this. Like, this can be a thing for you if you go all in. And that's what I did. So I went kind of all in with network marketing. And those first few years were incredible. I was able to replace my teaching income and I grew a six figure business with it. And it was a real thing. But then I felt that tug of, but wait a minute. You know, I felt that realization that everything I was doing when I was teaching, the hustle, the working 50 hours a week, like the go, 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 I had taken all of that and I had put it into my network marketing business because my entire life in my brain, I thought, I am most successful if I work the hardest, if, if I'm the one up latest, if I'm burning out, like that was what I thought success was. Like if you weren't struggling, you weren't actually working hard enough, which meant you weren't going to be successful. And this was right around, gosh, I probably was like seven months pregnant with my youngest. And I said to my husband, I think I'm going to make a pivot. Like people are coming to me for more than health and fitness, which is what my network marketing company was. I like to talk about time management and lifestyle stuff. I'm really like into the mom blog world. I think I want to make a change. And again, he said, okay, cool. These are the numbers. And so I made the decision that I was going to switch over to become my own brand and like actually start my own business and not in network marketing. And right around that time, uh, my husband got laid off. And so he lost his job and we went from what I was making with network marketing, which got completely slashed, right? Because while I still make a residual income to this day for my network marketing company that I built, so thank you for that, it, you know, it, it was thousands of dollars a month down to, you know, like a couple hundred a month. And we lost my husband's income and he was out of work during this time for eight months. So we were on unemployment, we were on food stamps and I had just had a baby and I was dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression. I mean, it was a low point for me, but I just felt that I knew this could be successful. Like I just knew that if I kept going with it, like like this would have a different type of an impact. And so that was three years ago, actually today that we're filming this, my site launched, um, today is the three-year anniversary of Fruits River Mom, where I built it, 2AM, nursing a baby over a Boppy pillow, put an ebook that I sent out via Gmail, and I thought, hey, who wants to PayPal me an invoice? I think I even had friends that paid me in cash, like it was on, you know, bootstraps, And now uh, three years later, I do this as my full-time income and I help overall moms develop their own systems and routines because I know what it's like to feel burnt out. And I want to help moms like 3X their productivity without burnout. Um, And I get to do it full-time and, um, you know, it's just incredible watching it grow, especially this past year, we hit the six-figure mark and you're like, what? on earth like is this really like a real business that i'm running and i get to help people and have fun at the same time and and so that's kind of my story in quite a cliff notes version of how i got from you know the classroom
0: wow i didn't realize how big your story was and a couple of things that really stood out to me i love that your husband is super supportive like sometimes that can be uh, tough for us as women in business and a huge congrats on your anniversary today. So that's great and super exciting. Thank you so much for spending it with us. That's such an amazing story, Kara. Um, what I'd like for us to do now is chat a little bit about your routines, habits, and systems that you have for uh, business moms, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of, obviously, because I love that in my organizing world as well. And there's such a big knock-on effect from them. So keeping life simple and getting us organized and taking away that stress and chaos a lot of us can feel, right? I noticed you were posting about a 12-week mini-year challenge or mini-year system you have. So, and you follow a process. I, I really love this idea. And... I would love for you to tell us more about that. I know there's less than 12 weeks left in a year, but uh, yeah, go ahead and explain that. I'm really excited to hear about that.
1: Sure. Yeah. The reason I love the concept of the 12 week year is that it doesn't actually have to align with the quarters at all. Like it nicely aligns with the quarters, you know, because there's 12 (laughs) weeks in a year, but it actually doesn't and you can implement it at any time. So the concept originally came from the book, it's called the Twelve Week Year by Brian P. Moran. And it was kind of a game changer when it came to my thinking. Um, and I've taken it and, and I've tweaked it a little bit to fit like the moms that I work with, because, um, you know, he's, he's got a lot of data in it. And so the basic concept of this is that instead of looking at the year as a huge chunk, we put some urgency on it. Now, when you make a goal, right, January, you make this resolution and you're like, I'm going to do this and lose this weight and read 100 books and like whatever you said you're going to do. If we don't put any urgency on it, what happens is we don't do it. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like quarter four. And you're like, I said I was gonna read all these books and I haven't picked up a book. It is the reason why in sales, most of the sales come in at the end of the, in quarter four, right? Or at the end of it, is because people are rushing because they've thought, I've got time to do it. I've got time to do it. And here's the thing we have um like a finite amount of time, right? And I get that we have a lot on our plates, but if we keep putting things off, then you're gonna get into the habit of realizing. I have had the same resolutions for the past five years, right? Like nothing has changed. And it's because we don't have this self-imposed urgency, which I think is crucial. I like to talk this um, fine line between urgency and grace I call it priority-based productivity because I don't love hustle like I don't think you need to do it but I also think that without intentionality you're just going to sit there get to the end of the day maybe you know you've been there if you're listening like oh this sounds like me like you throw your hands up in the air and you're like what even happened today and then all of a sudden you're not moving towards your goals you're not moving towards your goals and you feel defeated with the 12-week year it gives you urgency because essentially you're just splitting into 12 week chunks and that's your mini year so you're saying by the end of this quarter or 12 weeks these are the goals I'm going to work on and what's cool is you can either maybe you can break a goal down for example which is like what I teach if I know I want to read um, 24 books by the end of the year basic math tells me right that's uh, two books a month six books in a 12-week period right like so you could break it down that way or you can have what I like to call thematic goals or focus areas where instead of breaking a huge goal down, like one that you want to end at the end of the year, you could say this quarter, this 12 weeks, my theme is going to be like my home management because I'm struggling here. And you can say, this is my quarter where I'm focusing on my decluttering and my cleaning routines and, and things like that. So you could pick also based on themes. And why I love doing it this way as well. I do both. My 12 weeks have both in them, but I love doing it this way because it gets rid of this guilt that we have to be doing everything all at the same time. I noticed like one of the mistakes I noticed that I've made and moms I work with make is like everything's got to happen now. Everything is urgent. Everything must happen right now or else. When you use this concept, you know, great, you know what? I know I want to do this, but it doesn't actually fit for the season I'm in, right? Like with what's happening in my life. So I'm going to put it into next quarter. I don't have to feel guilty about not working on um, like... I don't know, teaching my kids XYZ or this hobby I want to have or whatever it is, right? Like this is the holiday season when we're recording. So the goals you have right now might not be the same goals you want to have. You know, it's not the best time to have like super strict health goals because you're going to be doing things and you want to enjoy. But maybe that happens next season. So it gets rid of the guilt and the pressure to say, I'm not doing it now. But because I've created this, this vision for my year, for the next 12 weeks and beyond, I know when my focus area is going to be. So I'm not gonna stress about the fact that like I don't have a deep cleaning routine right now because right now, this quarter, my goal, and this is like my own goal, and my goal is decluttering during quarter four so I can start a deep cleaning routine and a regular cleaning routine in Q1 because I know that like it doesn't, I mean, and you know this, right? Like you, you can get rid of your crap and then it doesn't take as long to clean, right? Like we need to do that first. but <laughs> wouldn't make sense the other way around. And so I think um, when you look at your 12 weeks, you've got two options. Take a big one, break it down, like I mentioned that reading goal, Or you can even come up with some themes and that way you're like, okay, cool. I'm not going to clean right now. I mean, I'm going to clean, but like, I'm not going to like worry about the super cleaning right now because I know it's in my big plan and it's in my big picture and you get rid of the guilt.
0: I love that. That is brilliant. So doing it to the seasons, because otherwise we tend to put it off, don't we? And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves with school and Christmas coming. And obviously this year is a little different with uh, what's going on in the world. So um, what have you found that's different this year because of that? Like, have you changed things around with your moms? Um, Are they starting to pivot that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I mean... There's been a lot of pivots, and I'm excited because a lot of the moms I work with, like, while they may not have hit all of the goals that they they've set, they haven't given up yet, right? And so we talk a lot about how you pivot, and I think it's really important when you look at what I had mentioned, priority based productivity, because if not, then you would be stuck. Like you see all these memes out there, like you're not like you're at home, but you're not writing your book. Like what are you doing with your time? Like all that garbage of toxic positivity we throw out there, like. No. What makes sense for you and your season? Now, for some of us in our seasons right now, maybe you do have extra time to do things. And this is like, for me, productivity is a coping mechanism. So for me, that works. But for some people, like, let's stop putting pressure on ourselves. So when you're going into a time that's unknown, right, with what 2020 has been, the other reason that 12-week year works is because you can shift based on what happened. So the plan I made at the beginning of the year, I'm not there right now, right? But I can ask myself, What do I have coming up in the next 12 weeks? And you can pivot this every month. You don't even have to wait, right? Like, what do I have coming up? What events are coming up? What makes sense for me um, area-wise? What do I want to focus on? And where do I want to spend my time? And I think that allows you to look at each month separately. It allows you to look at each week separately. And it allows you to create plans for um, focus and not distraction. Because a lot of times I'll hear moms tell me, one of the biggest things is like their day goes great. Some tiny thing throws them off and they don't know how to get it back on track. And so I love to teach people to create these systems in advance and then give yourself flexibility. That's why I love time blocking so much. I used to be married to an hourly schedule. I was like at nine o'clock, we do this and at nine fifteen, and nine twenty-five. And then I had kids and like, yeah. you know, learn that that's not, that's not how things happen. Right. Thanks. And we know that that's, that's not the reality. <laughs> and so I switched over to a time blocking method and this has given me I think time blocking does for my schedule what the 12-week year does for my goals, urgency and flexibility. It's the exact same thing. So if I know that I want to do these things in my mommy block, so I theme all of my blocks and essentially your time blocks, you know, they're just uh, three to five hour chunks of your day. So I'll have one block that's like a work block or one block that's like a mommy block where I'm not working or one block I call it like Kara block or mixed block, whatever theme you want mixes like all the things, you know, I view a home block that's when you do your cleaning. So I know that I want X, Y, Z to be done before the end of the block. I don't have to pressure myself into doing it at this minute, but it still gives me the urgency that I want it done by the end of this time. So I'm not gonna drag it in tomorrow. I'm not gonna drag it in now. Here's the thing stuff doesn't get done because we uh, over plan because we glorify busy and we think the more things we have on our schedule means that we're more uh, successful and happy. We know that's a lie, right? But we do it all. I do it too. Like I am going want to be out. I do it too. I like to cross things off my planner. Like I like to fill all the space. And so, um, We'll have extra things. And this is actually um, I'm gonna look a little bit of a tangent, but so this is one of the things that I like to do though, is I call it thought capture time. And I realized that I wasn't allowing myself to have any white space for life to happen. And it's going to, you're going to forget something you were supposed to pick up, right? You're going to have a last minute call that comes in a doctor's appointment. You kid, get whatever it is. Right. So what I do is one, I have it twice a week, but you can even start with once a week and I, and I call it thought catcher. And then I have once a week, I have thought catcher time. And once a week I have admin time. That's what we call it in the business admin time. And that's when I'm doing all those things that popped up so instead of what we do, which is called stop and drop. Hey mom, I need this. Okay, let's go to Target. Hey, coworker, I need this. Okay, let me answer your email. So I recommend pre-planning out in your week. So this is gonna allow you for all those pivots in the moment, not just big picture with the goals. Blank space, 20 minutes to an hour a week where you have nothing planned so that you know, great, all these errands, I'm out of soap, I'm out of deodorant, I need this, mom, mom, mom. Cool. I'm not going to the store today, but on Thursday, I've got some time scheduled out to do that. That's when I'm going to do it. And this allows you to plan for life's hiccups, but it also allows you to have some boundaries. And, you know, we teach people how to treat us, right? And so, like, if our kids or coworkers are used to us just doing everything for them, then they're going to wait till they don't have any deodorant and the morning they need it. Mom, I need the deodorant. Well, you're gonna stink because I'm not going for like I'm not doing that for you. You know, and I think that's important. So, um, big picture, when we talk about pivoting our goals, I think it's important to look seasonally, but day to day, week to week, I will encourage people to, to map out space where you have nothing planned, and then again, it gets rid of that guilt of like. I'm not doing it right now. Okay, because this wasn't the time I had planned to do it. I will do it. I will get to it because we know the second we open up our email, then we're in the email and then something needs something. And 12 Chrome tabs later, we're like, what was I even doing? Right? And so I think we deserve to respect our own boundaries at the same time. But because we know life is unpredictable, it's smart to proactively leave space for all that to happen. Did that make sense? I feel like I went in like a hundred directions there. No, it
0: totally did. That made excellent sense. So I was just nodding my head along going, yes, that makes so much sense. And it's like the last minute things as mums, we need to really learn to set those boundaries. You know, we think, oh, it's kids. So we have to drop everything and get it all done. And um, I really love hearing that. I know I'm actually guilty of it myself. So I'm trying to be more aware of it, setting those boundaries It's good for them to learn that too, right? And what I picked up on was the bigger goal you said. So set that bigger goal in January to do the deep clean. And and then I heard about the decluttering. Obviously, that kind of stood out to me. Do that now in preparation for January for the bigger goal. So breaking things down into manageable goals, I think, is really, really major for people. And I really help teach that as well. So I wanted to pick your brains. Um, I know we're kind of already into the school year, but um, I know you have some really awesome routines and systems. And I was just wondering if you could share some of those with us and what you recommend doing and how you go about that. That would be fantastic.
1: Even whenever this comes out, like school changing, at least for us here in the States, like every other day. So it feels like like a new day every day. So (laughs) I am fortunate, like my two littles, their preschools open, so they are in school. My oldest, he's doing hybrid, two days virtual, two days off. So, but that could change, right? And my husband is a school administrator. He runs a school, and his school's all virtual. So, like, everything could change all the time. So, no matter what time of year this is, whenever, here's the other thing I want to say there's this like huge jump in January and September, right? Like, it's the school year and the new year for routines. That's like the busy season. But I wanna remember that we can just do this whenever. We don't need to wait for a new month. We don't need to wait for a Monday. We don't need to wait for the quarter. We don't need to wait for the year. If you notice that there is something not going well in a routine and it's not bringing you joy in your home, I wanna encourage you to audit it, evaluate it. And then my steps for like, hey, this routine feels wonky. So let's do this and we can walk through the school example. First, you start and say, like, hey, this doesn't feel good. Like, This is not working for me right now. Like, And we were having this. So I'm going to give you an example we had. We were struggling to get out of um, the home in the morning. Like, I couldn't find a shoe. I'm crawling under. Like, where's the lunches? Everyone's yelling. Like, It wasn't working. So I stopped and I asked myself, what isn't working about this? What would I like it to look like? What is my vision for like, an ideal morning? And you need to start there because that will help you anchor into what you're doing and why for when it feels hard and tough and you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this. Okay. So I said, I don't want to yell at my kids in the morning. I don't want to start the morning this way, but I'm noticing that it's getting like this because we're trying to do too many things and my kids aren't, they're not very independent. Like as much as I say, like, I don't do things for them. Like we still have to teach them. Right. So like I'm doing too many things for them and then I'm getting flustered. Okay. So I was like, why is this happening? Okay. So step one, vision. Step two. Let's get the nitty gritty. Let's get the baseline. So I always recommend a time inventory. So what I did was for three days, I just tracked everything that was happening in the mornings, right? What time I got up, what time we were doing this, what am I doing? What are the kids doing? That's really important. People will do what they're doing, but not what the kids are doing. I wrote it all down and then I did an audit and I thought, okay, here's the patterns. So I like to start with the emotional, right? Like this is the vision. Then I take out the emotion and let's, let's just look at it right? Because I'm not blaming myself. I'm not going to say, you don't have your after school routines down or whatever. Like, no, like, let's figure out what's happening. And I noticed that my kids wake up very early, like early, like between five and six, right? So like they're up early. So I'm up early. We're all up early. So my husband gets up at 4.30. So most of the time that works with my kids, but, and then I'll sleep in somewhere between 5.30 and 6.15. Um, And then I get up and take over. But I noticed on the days that I was getting up after 5.30, those were more rushed, okay? So I was like, oh, all right, fine. Okay, so we have to, I have to get up earlier because of the nature of my kids getting up early if I want the mornings to feel smooth. So this I know, if my alarm goes off when I snooze and I'm choosing to stay until six and I wanna keep the routine I like in the morning, it's gonna feel more frantic. So I have to make that decision when I hit snooze. Am I either gonna take something out of my routine Or am I okay with the fact that it is going to feel rushed? And I just have to decide. And if it's worth it, then I hit snooze. And I don't say, Kara, you're such a failure because you didn't get up at 530. I just deal with that because I understand that, right? But we don't understand it if we don't look at it. So I noticed that. I noticed that we weren't like, I weren't trying to stop and get cleaned up at the right times, you know, that we weren't doing a pickup. And so sometimes, for example, like if you don't pick up before you go to school and I would come home, I work in my home office, but even if you worked out of the home, I don't go back into the kitchen. So if, I, if we weren't picking up, breakfast plates weren't getting cleaned up till 3.30 when I picked my kids up, right, because I'm working in my home office. And so I noticed all these things. So ask yourself, what's the routine? This is a back to school example. You could use it for anything. Well, this isn't going well. And I'm sure there are moms who are like, yeah, our mornings are hectic. So take this routine, guys, and like run with it. So then I said to myself, all right, how could we make this better? and i broke down based on that vision what i wanted to look like and i use what i call this habit stacking method and this method allows you to ditch overwhelm so you're not trying to do it all it's like Okay, if you ever wanted to go on a diet, and you said like I'm never gonna eat chocolate, I'm gonna go to the gym for two hours a week, like I'm never gonna sniff carbs, and then by Tuesday, like "Ah, I'm gonna try again on Monday, and then Monday becomes Monday after Monday, right? The Monday mentality. So habit stacking lets you get rid of this Monday mentality because instead of trying to do everything all at once, we're gonna do little pieces, get really actually good at them, make them habits that stick. You need to do this with your kids. Sorry, I'm really bossy there. I suggest you do it with your kids because if you don't. It's too much for them. It's not only too much for them. It's too much for us as mom. Because I'm always like, here's the routine I want. Well, it's not going to happen if I don't teach it and reinforce it. And if I'm trying to remember seven different steps of this morning routine all at once, I'm going to forget to reinforce it. And then it's never going to work. And so this is what we did. I said, what do I want the mornings to look like? And like I said, our mornings are like, they're tight. Like I get up, I have like a 30-minute Bible study. I do, I get my workout in and my shower. That's on my list before we leave. And then I also have my kids running around doing their thing and needing to get out the door, right? So we've got a lot happening in a very three-hour period of time. So it needs to be pretty tight. So I thought, what would help our mornings? Well, um, you know, I want them to make their beds, which I don't know why, I don't know why I don't make my bed. So I don't know why I put this on, on their list. Like maybe it's because I don't, I never was, um, required to make my bed. So I feel like if I don't require it now, they'll never do it. (laughs) I don't know. But I make them make their beds. That's important. And so I, I wrote them down. And so that first week I had like seven things I wanted in the morning routine, but all I required them to do was make their bed. I said, whatever else happens, happens. If we do extra, we do extra. But all I need from you is to make your bed. And this reminded me to stop. Did we make our bed? Did we make our bed? Hey, who made their bed? We got a little magnet chart. Everybody gets a magnet or a sticker. We made our bed. So exciting. And that's all we focused on for week one. And guess what? That's all they have to remember. That's all I have to remember. And the beds got made. Now, did that fix my morning routine with my kids? No. But it was the start. So week two happened. We made our beds. And then the other thing I wanted them to do was get dressed right away because we were having all these fights about getting dressed and it was taking forever. (laughs) So now we've got two things. Okay. So now we're making our bed and we're getting dressed. And then I think, how can I make it easy for them? Their clothes are already laid out. They just have to do it. And then at the end of the week, I realized it wasn't happening like I liked it. And so instead of adding more, which is what we think we have to add more, I said, let's just do this for another week and get it solid. So then we added week three in, which was like, brush your teeth. And then week four was like, clean up your breakfast plates. And then I can't remember. And then it was the 15 minute cleanup right before. And it was like, it took us, it's been eight weeks now that we've worked on this routine. But right now, today we don't have any school. My kids know exactly what they need to do. They ask me for their magnets. I'm not nagging. I'm not running around, go brush your teeth, go get your shoes on. I, all I say to them is like, hey, did you get your magnets yet this morning? Because they know they can do it in whatever order they want. It has to be done before we go to school. And so I do um, – I create some, like, time anchors. I go up and I shower around, like, 7.45. And so I tell them when I come back down from my shower, they're, like, watching TV. I say, we're going to start our morning routine. So they know that's the time anchor. that I prepare them for the transition. When I come back down, then the TV goes off, and you guys need to get anything that you haven't earned your magnets for, because sometimes they'll have earned them already, Right. That's when we're gonna start it all, because if I didn't stop them, then it would everything would run into each other, and so that's kind of been our morning school routine that we were really struggling with, and it's taken us some time, but I'm going to tell you it's a thousand percent worth it because now, eight weeks in, it runs like clockwork, and um you know, if I'm not here. My kids will ask for their magnets and they'll tell my husband what they're supposed to be doing, right? Like they don't need me to do it. And again, my kid, my littles are three and five.
0: Oh my goodness! Like that is amazing. I love it. Like the time anchor, the habit stacking thing, because that's probably probably what happened. A lot of us us do that without getting frustrated with their kids. Kids, because you want them to do every everything all at once, right? And then you get give them the mom yoke because you're like, oh, I'm oh, I'm yelling at my kids, and mm-hmm. and that's such a smart way of doing it. So you said it's take, it's take about take up eight week weeks, is right, to get to that point, that point? Yep, so we added some things
1: each week. Some weeks we did them more than one, and now. So this is the thing I will also hear from moms. They'll be like, well, I don't want to just work on this. Like I have other things I want to work on. And so I actually teach a concept. It's called like parallel goals where instead of just working on one, you can work on multiple, but you stack them. So hopefully this doesn't get too complex, kind of visual, but say in week one, we did the beds, right? And then in week two, we added the getting dressed. So now we've got beds and getting dressed, but you want to work on something else, an evening routine, an after-school routine, whatever. You add one thing. So now you say, okay, for our evening routine, we're brushing our teeth. So now you've got two things for your morning, one thing for your evening. Then you decide if you stack it, then you go three things for your morning, two things for your evening. And you slowly start to adjust things so that you're not, because honestly I could work on this routine for like a year. And because there's days it doesn't go well. And what we do is yeah. we have one day where it doesn't go well, and we think I'm the worst mom, I can't teach my kids routines, when are they gonna get it in line, blah, 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 right? But we need to shut that that head up because that's not right. We had a hard day where our routine didn't go well because all of us have them, that's fine. So we we could seriously, stay paralyzed in one routine until it's perfect, but they're never going to be perfect. I never also, I never recommend anyone do anything for seven days a week. I always say six, five or six because no one's going to do them seven days a week. Nobody's perfect. And when you set yourself up for everything, seven days a week, that's when we feel terrible. So instead, say you're going to do it five days a week. And if you do it six or seven, pat yourself on the back and grow your confidence that you showed up for yourself extra. It's bonus
0: yes that's amazing and it's just just i the more and more I, more I hear you talk about it i can can kind of sure like women's losing that stress and that weight being lifted off them and because we do expect our kids to, to do a lot right away or or it's easy to do it ourselves right mm-hmm. it's kind sure. of like i like i, I know fall into that ha- habit sometimes it's like you, you know i'll just do it myself because it's easier but you've got to deal with a little bit of hard times, a little bit of pushing through, but you have to like like you remember your goal. So so much great information, and I'm loving it. You actually you just covered my question, so that's cool because it's going to be about habit scheme, and that makes makes brilliant. And I love that that parallel as well um no I know um we've covered a lot of that I suppose because we were t- I was looking at your action action oriented goals um and I know you know you have 15 minute formula course did you want to speak um just to that quickly and then I know you've got so you've already shared so much so much information with us but <laughs> I know this
1: was like a fast and furious like brain dump, but I know I talk fast guys so feel free to put it on 0.5 speed as we're going through when you listen I um, love brilliant information though <laughs> yeah so I'm glad I'm glad helpful. Um, and I know it's a lot. So, um, you know, you could have it stack your habits, even just pick one thing I said, do it this week. And then next week, pick two things. <laughs> you know, like, you don't have to do them all at once. But yeah, so I, uh, I have my course called this 15 minute formula. And it is essentially the concept of creating your goals into 15 minute chunks to ditch overwhelm. And so one of the things I noticed with working with so many women is that they'll have these big goals and they can create a really great plan, but then when it's time to take action, they're not sure what to do because the goal's still too big. So let's do a decluttering example, right? Know your audience, let's talk decluttering, right? If you're like, (laughs) all right, I wanna declutter my basement and I'm gonna do it on Saturday. So then Saturday comes and then it's 9 p.m. and then you're on the couch watching Gilmore Girls and you're like, oh right, I was supposed to do this because we didn't give that urgency. But the other reason we didn't do it is because maybe during Saturday we walked down to the basement, we looked at the sports equipment and the snow gear and whatever other random things you have in there. And you thought, nope. And you walked back up because it's too much. It's too overwhelming. So what I teach is the breakdown of the goals is taking them into these 15 minute chunks. So this is where you would literally go through and you'd make a chart of your basement and you would say, great. I want to do like holiday ornaments. And then I want to do the holiday decorations. Don't just say holiday stuff, super specific holiday decorations, holiday ornaments, holiday Christmas jammies, I don't know, whatever you keep in your basement, right? Like really break down like sports equipment, part one, part two, tools, part one, part two, break it into 15 minute chunks. So now when it's time to work, you know what to do. But here's the key lever that a lot of, so people will do this, but what I really recommend you do is you take it a step further and you pre-plan out when you're doing what. Our brains are on absolute overload, right? We have made thousands of decisions by the end of the day. And so decision fatigue is so real. And when you're coming to work on a goal, I don't wanna think about what I have to do, I just wanna do it. Because we think, I was talking to someone the other day and she was like, "You know, I'm motivated, Like I'll just do it. But a lot of us aren't like that, or we think we are. We think that I wrote I was gonna declutter my bathroom, so I'm just gonna do it at some point during the day. It's really not how our brains work until we train our brains to work that way. So in advance, before you start your goal, take some time. And you could even take 15 minutes a day for a week to work on this plan. Because people are like, how do I even make a plan in 15-minute chunks? And break it down and then pre-plan it. On Monday, I'm going to do the holiday ornaments. On Tuesday, I'm going to do the holiday decorations. On Wednesday, I'm going to do this. So this way, when it's time to work, you just have to do you, it, there, it's so easy to like not talk ourselves out of it when you're like, okay, it's just this one thing, and that's the other reason I love the power of the 15 minutes. 15 minutes can go by in a flash, right? Like I love TikTok, so I'm like scrolling TikTok for 15 minutes. There it goes, right? <laughs> yeah. But 15 minutes is also really easy to convince yourself to do. And so this happened to me last year. I was taking a life coach certification, and I remember talking to the women in my program and on our weekly call, and I was like, guys, I'm struggling. I said I was going to finish this these modules by the end of Sunday, it's Sunday at 8 PM. Like, and they were just spit my own advice back at me. And they were like, just do it. Just start for 15 minutes. And so here was my option. I already knew what I had to do. I pressed play for 15 minutes. And then at the end of 15 minutes, what's really cool is you could stop and still feel accomplished. It's not like I didn't do the whole basement. I'm a failure. And say, great. I said, I was going to do this one module. I did this module. I'm really proud of you. Or you could do bonus and you could do more time, which happens more often than we think. Cause we get into a group. And then you're growing your confidence. The 15 minutes is all about growing your confidence that one, you're um, able to achieve your goals. Two, like you're worth the time to achieve your goals. And three, getting that that flywheel moving. You know, this flywheel, you got to push them, push them, push them. And then all of a sudden they're going really fast because we have gotten our confidence stepped on over the years. You're a failure. You can't do this. You never show up for this. And it lives inside of us. And so by showing up for yourself 15 minutes at a time, day in and day in and day in, you make massive, it's called The Compound Effect. It's a book by Darren Hardy who talks about it. You make this massive growth and not only like, oh, I've read 10 pages a day of a book and now it's the end of the year and I've read 24 books, right? But it's also like, I did that. Like I showed up for me all those times I didn't want to, and that does more than actually reading the book or decluttering the basement.
0: Yeah, yes, I love that—the power of success, you know, reaching that goal and and the feeling we get from that is just—it makes us really, really motivated. And that's where you and I really align. For me, as an organizer, I truly believe that doing things in small chunks, uh, call them tiny tasks. It's uh, it's not so overwhelming. And like you said, it, you know, breaking them down, it makes you uh, really excited and motivated. And like when you said doing the basement for you, just look at it and then you walk away and go, I, I just can't deal with that right now. So when you deal with it in small chunks, it's really, you know, you get energetic and you're like, okay, I can do this. And you have a plan, right? Um I know there's some organizers out there that say let's just pull everything out and then you know work from there but I've actually heard a lot of people say Uh, They'll say to me that that gets really, they're they're motivated at first, then halfway through the task, their energy levels start decreasing, and so does the motivation, they get interrupted by the kids or something else. And so then they're there till midnight, and they're still not finished. So then everything just kind of gets shoved back in, right. And um, yeah, they they don't finish the task, which gets really um, defeated and, and deflated. So Thank you so, so much, Kara. That information has been just so good. And I know uh, our listeners are just going to really soak that up and they're going to go away and, and start doing this. So I'm really excited for that. So, what I'd love to know now is, Kara, how can our, the listeners um, get in touch with you? Sure. Um,
1: my favorite place is Instagram. I'm at a purpose Driven mom. So if you listen today, send me a DM, let me know you listened. I also have a podcast. It's called the purpose driven mom show. So if you're on here, you probably like podcast. So feel free to come hang out with me there. And I have a free community group. Um, which is over on Facebook if you search A Purpose Driven Mom. And if you're listening and thinking like, I don't even know where to start with my goals. I'm still feeling overwhelmed. I do have a free workshop that uh, anyone can go check out. It's a purpose purposedrivenmom.com slash goals webinar. And I will talk you through like the three things you can do right now to break down your goals.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. That is really exciting. So if you miss that uh, link and that information, I am going to put everything in the show notes. So you will be able to find Cara and connect and find out about that webinar. Um, and I'll put everything in there for you. So don't worry about that. So again, thank you so, so much for being here, Cara. And you know what? I know you have given us a, a ton of really, really valuable information and truly appreciate that but I'm gonna squeeze one little bit more out of you. Is there, is there any other last little tidbit that you could um, share with us and want to leave our audience with today?
1: Sure, I mean, the one thing I do wanna say is, yeah, I gave a lot of information here. Um, so what I want you to do is pick one thing that you heard me say, and just work on that. Just one. Don't feel like you have to work on them all. You can keep them in your list for next, but pick one little win. If you're like, oh, that thought catcher time sounds like a good idea. Run with that. Oh, I should break goals down into 15 minutes. Run with that time block, whatever it is. Um, and then you can do it. Just do one. And one is good enough. Like it is more than enough. And, and hopefully you will not feel like you have to do it all or you're failing and just show up for yourself every day
0: brilliant thank you so much for that last message and um, enjoy the rest of your day Cara and thank you thank you so much much. with us today of course thank you that's a wrap for today's episode thank you so much for tuning in on today's podcast I really appreciate your time and being part of our movement where we are looking to change our lives so we can lead a more simple life reconnect with our friends family and of course ourselves If you need or want to have more support from like-minded folks and myself, head to our free private Facebook group, Who Loves to Organize. This is a safe place to share your thoughts, struggles with getting back to basics, whether that be resistance from family members or just needing to know where to begin. Louise Hopkins signing up for today. I can't wait to share more thoughts, ideas, and strategies on how to reclaim your space.